You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV or subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about common ways people mess up WooCommerce and joining us for that conversation is Sean Conklin. Sean, welcome to Press This. Hey, thanks for having me, David. Appreciate it. Glad to have you here. Uh, for those listening, what Sean's going to cover is what store owners and agencies, or if you're in an agency building a WooCommerce store, should do in most. And I, I kind of saw the list ahead of time, and I think if not all cases, um, but, but Sean's going to be sharing his thoughts around kind of the way to avoid problems with WooCommerce and set yourself up for success. So really excited to have Sean here to talk about all that. Sean, to kick us off, I'll ask you the same question I ask every guest uh, for our first question. Briefly, tell me your WordPress origin story. Okay, yeah, that goes back to 2008 and the financial crisis at the time. A uh, good friend of mine was laid off and uh, I was sort of furloughed, part, part laid off, if you will. And uh, we decided, you know what, we need to do our own thing. And uh, so we were doing some consulting work and really just telling everybody, you know, yeah, we, we build websites, you know, we know PHP. That just didn't go over too well. So uh, we started, uh, CMSs were becoming really popular. So we started working on Joomla, Drupal, WordPress, and ultimately just settled on, you know what, WordPress seems to be where most of the... Uh, interest is. Uh, my colleague Randy really loves it. He used to work for Apple, so he's big on design and, 
you know, just well thought out uh, user interfaces and admin interfaces. WordPress fit the bill. So we just decided uh, to go all in WordPress. That's interesting. Um, I had used WordPress prior to settling on it in my agency uh, back in the day. And I also landed on WordPress as our CMS of choice because of demand. I wasn't getting any calls for Joomla and Drupal. They were almost all for WordPress. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of following the demand, I, I think we share in common there. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your uh, you mentioned your business a little bit, but I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about Coded Commerce. What, what do y'all do? Yeah, so it, it's also myself and Randy, uh, you know, once again, uh, from our previous uh, consulting business, Be Automated, we had gone to work for a couple of clients, and now, now we're back into this. And uh, this is WooCommerce specific, so still WordPress, still the same stack, if you will, uh, but WooCommerce is the the official framework for e-commerce. Uh, you know, it's the open source free uh, WordPress community's answer to e-commerce, if you will. Uh, so that's what we focus on now, and uh, it is still just the two of us and uh, taking on client work, uh, doing. I started out doing more development. Now it's become more support because the nature of e-commerce is the more stores you build, the sort of long tail of support is is growing uh, with each store. So I, I do quite a bit of support work. That's very interesting. You know, that song, Just the Two of Us, was ringing in my head as I heard you talk about that with, your adventures <laughs> nice. there with, with Randy. But from the high level, y'all are essentially an agency focused on e-commerce and specifically WordPress e-commerce with Woo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you could call us an agency. We, we operate a bit more type arrangement in the sense that we bill hourly, uh, whereas agencies uh, tend to have more staff doing, you know, the marketing, the sales, the design, as well as the development and the support. So in, in our case, it's just the development and support. Uh, so we, we try to work as simple as you know, easily, simply, and just avoid what I call the agency dance where they're doing the all the contract kind of stuff, back and forth, change orders and all that sort of nonsense. And in, in my developer mind, I'll call it nonsense, but I know it means something to some people, but not really me. Yeah, that's a very clean way to operate your agency. Definitely understand the draw of mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of jump into the Woo site. Obviously, you've spent a lot of time helping people out in the, with Woo sites. Um, so let's start with user management. Like, what do you recommend stores do around like all these WP admin accounts that people end up making in the WordPress e-commerce context, password security? Like, to me, that seems like something people often don't spend enough time on is, is the notion of user management security. Yeah, well, let's face it. These e-commerce sites are targets. They have a lot of user data in them. Uh, there's Generally speaking, they don't store raw credit cards. That's, that's been non-PCI compliant for a long time, uh, but they do have user data, uh, you know, purchase data, the email addresses, names, addresses, things like that. So they are a target, uh, and you certainly want to make sure that you're, anybody who has admin access to your site is trusted, that they're using a good, strong password. And there's various ways to lock that down. There are plugins. Um, some of the more common ones, you know, you have security, WordFence, uh, iTheme security. All those are relatively large. You have more uh, basic plugins like the Limit Logins Reloaded one is popular. Uh, I think WP Engine has one installed. Uh, what's that called? The Strong Password Enforcer uh, plugin is 
is forced on. So we, we do force it. I don't know if it's done through a standalone plugin. It might be facilitated through one of our MU plugins, but yeah, we, mm -hmm. we force strong passwords there for sure. Yeah. You're, I guess the point here though, is that, you know, to, to have that good user management require those strong passwords, um, any mm -hmm. other areas in, in this sphere? Yeah, I mean, just not too many admins. Not everybody needs to be an admin. You need to think about, you know, who should be a shop manager, uh, who should just be an editor versus who really needs to be an admin to have that plug-in and theme level access. So, you know, the title of this episode is like common ways people mess up WooCommerce. I'm just mm -hmm. curious, like, have you experienced someone who's had a, 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 you know, horrific issue with their site because of poor user management? Like, what does this look like when it goes wrong? <laughs> I, I've seen various types of attacks. I, I haven't seen anybody's site go, I've heard stories, but I haven't actually seen somebody's site go rogue because an admin account escaped. But what I have seen is denial of service attacks, credit card guessing attacks. Uh, the credit card one we didn't mention earlier, that's where they place a bunch of fake orders on your store to test a database of stolen credit cards to see which ones are good. So you're then on the hook for the auth fees. You may get shut down by your gateway. It's a bad thing. Plus you have a bunch of junk data to deal with. I've been there. I've actually dealt with that. Uh, there's this mm -hmm. folks testing this stolen credit cards. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you talked about not having too many admins. Um, you know, one of the interesting things I've noticed uh, with plugin vulnerabilities when they're discovered is that they're often cross-site scripting vulnerabilities, but only if it's on an admin level account in WP admin. Um, but your, your point is like be stingy with those admin accounts because they have a lot of authority, but then I guess it also opens them up to possibly some of these cross-site scripting issues that we see in plugin vulnerabilities. Are, do you know much about that or do you agree or? Oh, yes. I, I'm all about reducing the number of plugins as well. Uh, you got to get a handle on your number of admins as well as number of plugins. I think we'll talk a little more about that uh, in a bit. But yeah, certainly the more exposed you are, you know, the more you have, the more exposed you are, the more you have to just critique every aspect of every plugin and every user to find out where those uh, security vectors are. Gotcha, gotcha. So you mentioned plugins. Uh, I'd like to explore this kind of a little bit before our next break, and then maybe a little bit after. But what items are on your checklist around choosing plugins for Woo stores? Like, what do you look for? I certainly trust the official WooCommerce.com extensions quite a bit. Some of those are newer. You could kind of tell by the version number. <laughs> um, I I do like the community repository plugins where you have that transparency. You could see how many downloads, the change logs and everything. The official WooCommerce marketplace, uh, it has a little bit less information as far as how many downloads, but you can you can tell by the vendors who you trust. You know, if you really use Woo subscriptions a lot, you trust that vendor, you, you kind of believe in their their extension set. And it's more minimalist. It it serves a, a feature and, and all the functions surrounding that feature, but it doesn't try to do more and try to upsell you on other junk. And it's just clean and it works. So I really trust those. And then again, looking in the community repository, you could kind of suss out uh, which, which plugins are well updated, well supported, popular, things like that. 
So it looks like you're watching for like the change log to make sure it has a nice, healthy kind of update schedule and cadence. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the volume of people using the plugin, presumably to make sure that it's popular and they're going to keep supporting it. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like you touched on their support. Uh, and you also touched on kind of this notion of like choosing plugins that are as focused on the feature you're trying to enable as possible. So you don't have kind of all this satellite functionality that you may not need. And I can imagine, and I actually firsthand have seen in a WooCommerce context where, you know, people do layer in a lot of plugins and some of them maybe are overbuilt for the purpose they're trying to solve for. And mm -hmm. I could see where that would be really important for you as you all think about building out uh, WooCommerce sites. I want to talk to you about the maintenance part though, because like we touched on like the plugin security issues and you, you also touched on like how frequently folks update their plugins that they've made. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're talking about common ways people mess up WooCommerce. Uh, our guest, Sean Conklin, right before the break, Sean, you were talking about uh, how you chose plugins. Uh, you basically looking for um, either trusted repositories like the WooCommerce Marketplace or the extensions, even the community repos, you're doing a lot of research, you're looking for them to be updated and supported and popular. Um, but, but what about managing these long-term? Like, does, do you have any specific observations on how to manage the plugins in your kind of repertoire or, or um, stack of plugins for Woo? And another thing I'll add to that that I look at is, are we really going to be using more than 50% of what this plugin offers? Because if not, then I either need a smaller plugin or just put in a code snippet, sometimes referred to as a custom function in your child theme. I usually call them code snippets. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, one little paragraph of code can replace a, you know, five or 10,000 line of code plugin in many cases. So I do look for those opportunities as well. Um, but to answer your question, uh, you know, about maintenance of them, it, it's really a vendor management thing. Every plugin that you have in your theme and possibly your child theme, if you have a, a developer, you know, they're, they're like a vendor of the site. And the more you mix these things up, the more finger pointing happens, the more uh, you have to 
be you know on the pulse of what that vendor's changing and what they're recommending like for security. So the more you do, the more complex that gets. But if you're looking at a suite of plugins by a given vendor, that cleans that up a bit and makes it easier to stay on top of their developments. So the, the, the source, not only from a credibility standpoint, but from a support and maintenance and upgrade standpoint, really does mean a lot. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you frame it as like you're adding another vendor for your website. That's absolutely true. I take that analogy one step further often and say it's like choosing a partner in your digital business. Like, who are you going to partner with? Um, and, you know, it, it, there are a lot of big implications for sites and the plugins that they choose. That's interesting because, like, when I heard you talk about choosing a plugin, you specifically said if it doesn't do at least around 50% of uh, the functionality, if I'm not going to use about 50% of the functionality it does, I consider not using it. Then you talked about using a suite of plugins from one vendor, um, which I understand why, um, you know, you can rely on the quality of code and how they do things and, and expect some consistency. But aren't those two ideas at odds, like this notion of like choosing very, very purpose-built things and then choosing suites of things? Like, wouldn't it be hard to get 50% on like the whole suite? Yeah, I mean, this is more around theme. Like uh, if I have a, a client who likes the Elementor Builder, then I recommend use the Elementor theme, which is called Hello Elementor, the Elementor Builder and the Elementor Pro plugin. They all kind of go together and they replace the need for lots of other plugins and getting other vendors involved. If you really like Astra uh, theme, which is a free theme, then you've got the Astra Pro plugin and also the Astra marketing plugin. I think they call it Convert Pro. And possibly if you're using the, the block editor, the WordPress block editor, Gutenberg, then you may want their, I think they call it the ultimate, uh, you know, blocks that is also by them. So you know that you're not going to get finger pointing, but you know, if a block doesn't look good in your theme, you know, the themes control panel, you do a setting for the font and that font doesn't come through on the block. You've got one vendor to go open that ticket with and they're not going to point the finger at your, your theme versus your, your add on plugin versus whatever else. Oh, got it. Yeah. That sounds uh, like you would be able to get to the root cause and resolution faster. Um, and they would obviously know well about how their different products interacted together. That's a very interesting observation. Um, I want to kind of shift things up a little bit. I want to talk about those, uh, those old, uh, older stores with, with lots of content hanging around. Uh, what do you do in terms of like maintaining uh, older pieces of content or like just in terms of like reducing the overall storage footprint of the store over time. Like obviously these things can kind of grow and grow and grow. Yeah. And it, it can even be a newer store if the developer was sloppy, <laughs> but, but either way, whether it's an old store with a lot of old uh, stuff in the database or a newer store, uh, you know, same thing. It needs to be tidied up. Uh, there is some garbage collection that WordPress and WooCommerce do natively, like with transients and things like that to, to clear out, you know, post revisions and, you know, some basic stuff. And you can use the WP Optimize plugin or WP Sweep to, you know, to apply some of those, uh, you know, as you wish. But the, the main, the thing that bugs me from a manageability standpoint is when I go to edit a page like the About Us page, and there's four different About Us pages under the admin pages menu. <laughs> and you find some of those are just, oh, draft somebody abandoned or 
when they installed their theme, they imported the sample data and they just left it there, you know, sitting in drafts. Sometimes it's even published. It's a published, you know, about us too that, that goes to nowhere. So I really like to clean that up to, to make it clear when we're editing the about page where we go to find that. And it just makes manageability a lot better and cleans your database to optimize your database queries a little bit. And that applies to media as well. Uh, I see so many, you know, media libraries that have thousands and thousands of images, and I just know that they're they're not all in use. Or, uh, you know, maybe you know, think about the content. If it's a blog post, it may have a long history, but if it's a product that is discontinued, maybe you don't need those images in there anymore, and they're just bloating your backup sets and wasting database space. Gotcha. So doing a little cleanup on those old drafts, <clears throat> I guess this is avoiding people editing the wrong page, or as you put, pointed out, maybe publishing demo content from a theme that has nothing to do with their business. Obviously, that, that's uh, not the greatest. And then also cleaning up media. I have to say, Sean, I'm a little guilty of keeping my, my media library a little, little too heavy on some of my sites. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, some clients can be that way. I have one that puts like over a hundred images on every blog post, which is unusual, but it, it suits her, her use case. So I understand there's, there's always exceptions, but we just want to, you know, as a developer, when I have to download a copy of the site for my local host and it's a 10 gigabyte, you know, site, it just makes things more difficult. Yeah. It can slow down your overall work workflow. And, and even if you're not the developer, you're still paying the developer for mm -hmm. this time to go do that. So uh, it's not like you fu fully uh, escape the, the pain of that. Mm -hmm. um, turning our attention to growth. Um, do you have anything on your checklist around coupon strategies? I know that, you know, with uh, cyber weekend a couple months ago, uh, two, three months ago now, you know, this was the focus of a lot of stores. How do you think about coupons with Woo stores? Yeah, I, I do find that most clients will use coupons. And I tell most of them, you know, it's not a good idea to show a coupon form. And I know Amazon does it, but you're not Amazon, you're a boutique shop. And the coupon form does invite users to open up a new tab or leave your site to go look for a coupon, which they may find your competitor's coupon. Uh, Chris Lemmed spoken about this at uh, WordCamp OC a few years ago, and I, I really took this to heart. You know, you really want to think, I, I can't completely say, you know, it's a bad idea to show coupon form, but you want to think about if that's really helping or hurting uh, your conversions, because it certainly could be hurting it. And you could use the URL coupon code snippet. I have one on my site that's free if anybody wants to go download that. Um, or there's plugins that do it as well. What's but, your site? Uh, codedcommerce.com. And then you click code snippets down in the footer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love link-based coupons. It's a great way to get around the coupon field abandonment issue you're talking about. It's really interesting because I have seen studies where like, people bouncing out, finding, kind of finding the coupon and getting that little reward in their head and mm -hmm. then coming back actually has helped folks increase their sales rate. But I think it's a balancing act because you're also, as you pointed out, inviting people to leave the checkout process where they could be exposed to competitor coupons. Um, and so I don't know, like my philosophy, I guess on everything is just test, but you know, I've kind mm -hmm. of seen it go uh, both ways there. Um, I want to dig a little bit more into all this. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Volopol. I'm interviewing Sean Conklin of Coded Commerce about ways people mess up WooCommerce stores. Chris, right before the break, we were talking about coupon strategies. You'd mentioned how you're a fan of link-based coupons. You shared a, a, where, where folks could find your code snippet for that. Thank you for that. Anything else on the coupon front you think that folks might may, be making a mistake on and how they operate their Woo store? Yeah, so in, in Woo, uh, typically I'll come across uh, smart coupons, which is where you're generating, uh, well, there's various use cases for that plugin, but it, most people use it to generate discounts that they email their customers, and it's a one-off coupon. So now we're creating a bunch of you know, data that needs to be cleaned up, so that's questionable. And you want to think about dynamic pricing as an alternative and memberships as an alternative. Those are two good alternatives to the overuse of coupon codes. All right. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned that uh, to me, I guess, prior to the interview that, that you thought page caching might not increase the performance for Woo stores. Um, why is that? Or what are the caveats around, you know, your viewpoint there? You know, well, page caching never uh, improves performance. Uh, it allows your server with its with its fixed resources, again, depending on the plan you have and who you're hosting with, but uh, it, it allows you to take a a higher level of concurrency with the given amount of uh, server resources. It actually slows down that first page hit because it has to generate its cache. Um, you know, it, it's not making PHP faster. It's not making your database faster. It's not making your code faster. All it's doing is is putting a static version of those pages out there. And with e-commerce, that doesn't really do much because most e-commerce uh, activities uh, are session-based using your your cookie and your cart session, for example. And 
page cat you know if you were to use page caching in that context you'd be seeing somebody else's cart whoever whoever's cart caused the cache to uh to generate you would be seeing their cart <laughs> so page caching plugins do not cache uh, your, your your pages that have the dynamic cart on them and the shopping cart the checkout page etc where most of the activity is happening so it, it may help in a hybrid site where you have a, a lot of blog traffic, but you also have e-commerce. Uh, I'm not saying not to do page caching, but it just isn't the panacea that people may want to think of it as. It can actually be doing harm uh, slightly. So the gist is that the page caching means that the web server doesn't have to dynamically build the page, which is good for concurrency. And I've also found it to be good for performance, but in a dynamic site situation, like an e-commerce site, because the content isn't static, it's in a sense uncacheable. And so for pages with dynamic content, like pages running your cart, then you might not be able to cache. Um, what about like cart fragments? And I've seen others like um, take some really aggressive caching strategies to like try to make mm -hmm. the Woo stores as as cash friendly as possible. Is that something that you pursue in your practice? Well, what I would say is again, if it's a if it's an e-commerce site, leave it alone. Let it work the way it's supposed to work. Uh, if, if it is a hybrid site where you have a lot of blog traffic, for example, or something uh, of that nature, then you, you know you may want to unload a lot of those WooCommerce assets. Uh, you know, the JavaScripts, the CSS files that you don't need throughout the rest of your site. And there's some very simple code snippets. I even, I think, have some on my site for that. Uh, if you uh, click on code snippets in my footer, I, I believe I have some examples there. But, uh, you know, the idea is you, you don't necessarily need to load WooCommerce assets in your blog area if you have a lot of traffic there. But you do need it on your product pages because you want to show that card up there and just have a nice hover over effect where, boom, click this big button to go to checkout. You want to help the user. Those are there for a reason. Uh, but in a hybrid site, maybe you could consider optimizing other parts of the site. Yeah, I still feel like there's a middle ground here somewhere. Like I know it's great to have like the number of items show in the card and other dynamic elements on product pages, which otherwise are fully static. And so it feels like there's opportunity there. Maybe maybe somebody's doing something into this end, but um, this cacheability issue uh, with e-commerce e sites in general, not just on WordPress, um, it, it seems like an interesting problem to solve for like the trade-off of the cart counter versus the fact that it's not cacheable, you know, it's interesting to think through those things. Mm -hmm. um, to wind us off, uh, to wind us up here, um, what are like two or three like major things that you think every uh, WooCommerce store should do no matter what? Like if folks only remembered a couple of things from what you talked about today or even something new, what would that be? Well, definitely use high quality hosting because that is really going to help guide you through all of this and help set you up on a solid foundation. Uh, similarly, pick your theme wisely. You know, you want to use a theme that really supports WooCommerce well and and that you can trust their their development, that they're going to keep up with things. Um, and then be really careful about your users and your plugins, like we we said in the beginning, your your admins and your your plugin vendors. Well, that's sage advice. I know if I had heard this advice uh, when I first started leading teams building loose stores, I would have saved me some headaches. Um, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me.
Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Sean is up to, you can visit codedcommerce.com. Um, thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.